Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian and Kate. We're here by the Owl Pellets, still in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas, at the Arkansas FFA camp. Um, it is a beautiful day here, and we have some phenomenal Arkansas ag teachers, and Kate is still here with us, too. Um, wow. <laughs> You gonna say anything about Marshall? He still he does still exist. I feel like we do so many of these where we're like, I promise Marshall is the person. Yeah. And you all have seen him at some point. Yeah. We did not kill him off. He does still exist. He's just not here. He's not our imaginary friend, but we are glad he has caught the bug. Uh, we do appreciate. We're, we're glad that he's getting better. He's caught the bug, and we're glad he's getting better. Um, and we're also glad that he kept his pestilence away okay. away from us. We love him, but right now we're loving him from a distance, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we appreciate that. Um, so today we are talking about the generation gap, bridging the generation gap, working with, we'll say experienced and non-experienced teachers. We're going to say old and young. We're going to say old and young. Let's just call it what it is. Wow. Experienced teachers are old. (laughs) Less experienced teachers are typically young. Some old people are unexperienced. That's true, and but there aren't any young, experienced people. True. If a tree falls in the woods, and no one's there. <laughs> no. Moving on. Thoughts. <laughs> Deep thoughts by Al Pellets. Um, so we're here with a great group, and so we're going to go around the table real quick because they're the ones that have all the answers. Um, so we're going to start over here. Tell us a little bit about uh, your name, where you're from, and if you're willing, how long you've been teaching. I'm Brandi Hughes, and I'm from North Fork, Arkansas. I taught agriculture for eight years at Cotter, and I'm currently teaching science for seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And so, total of 13 years. Oh. I love that you're teaching science right now, and you're here. Yeah. At the Ag Teachers Conference. That's awesome. Well, um, it's my favorite conference, and this is what I miss about being an Ag Teacher so much, because general ed, they don't do this. They don't share information. I think that's just so sad. Yeah. So... Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Wayne Tillman. I teach at Augusta, Arkansas. I'm the teacher there. I've been 24 plus years. Excellent. I'm only 39 for about 17 times. I I hear (laughs) you. I hear you. And uh, I I don't know what to tell you except that I'm I got a lot of worldly experience. There you go. A lot of hard school of hard knocks is what I'm trying to say. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here with us. Um, Michael Baird. I'm going into my fourth year of teaching. It's my second year of ag. I actually came from seventh grade science. Yeah. So I don't envy you. <laughs> um, 
I saw you shaking your head when she was saying they don't do this. No, that's no, they don't. Core teachers hate other core teachers for some reason. They refuse to share any useful information. Mm -hmm. yeah. If they find something that works, they just hoard it to themselves and act like they're superior. Right. Mm -hmm. We had, had that conversation a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Well, like, you guys talk about. Years, right? Yeah. Yes, this is this will be my fourth year, so I've Done. had three completed years of teaching. Very cool. Talk about seventh grade science. I I own a rising seventh grader, and so I. I'm sorry. I have, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just gotta have one. I just got one to deal with. I understand. So, bless your hearts. Uh, I'm Billy Eddy uh, from Jesseville, Arkansas, and I'm about to start my third year teaching. I'm beginning to feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I had two of you in class. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm beginning to feel yeah. Older. Keep the old jokes coming, Kate. <laughs> I am Crystal Farrar. I teach at Bentonville West, and I'm starting year 10 teaching ag. Ooh. Happens fast. It does. It really does. All right, Kate, what year is this for you? I was just thinking, I was just, when she said year 10, I thought, oh my gosh, we're close. I started in 05. Oh my gosh, that's more than 10. Yeah. You're, you're about with me, about, I think. My I graduated first. college in 1994. I was two. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, this would be a concept. I'm old enough to be y'all's daddies and maybe grandpa. This, 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 I think I just would, this is year 20. 20, no, 20, 21. Whoa. 21 years for me. Just your work experience could drink beer. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and probably has to. Because I, I work with you, Kate. Wow. <laughs> So let's talk about this a little. We've got a lot of folks that, we've got some, some varied experience. Um, now I'm a little re bit regretting choosing this topic because I am feeling older than I was when I originally walked in here, actually counting those years. Um, but I remember going in, and you all younger teachers may, may kind of notice this, where like you, um, there's a difference between the teachers that have been there a while and you, and they, they, they can treat you differently. Not all of them together, but some of them find the mentor role to be how, what they, how they want to engage with you. Others want to make you go through some sort of hazing mm -hmm. that like I did not really know was a thing, but really is a thing. And then you've got some in the middle. So I kind of curious, um, younger teachers, what did y'all, what do you think about how you're treated by the more experienced teachers when you're coming into a school as a young buck? At the school or like at, at in service? Either or, both. For the most part, pretty accepting in both situations. I mean, that's there's kind of exceptions to the norm. Like, you can't come to in-service and ask how to train a CDE team, and they're going to teach you everything needed to beat them. But they will help you start. We'll right. get you to second place. Yeah. It's kind of like, like when you ask your grandma for her favorite recipe, for her famous recipe, and she forgets one ingredient in the <laughs> recipe list. Like you can't make it quite, quite as good. It's not going to be as good, but it will be noticeable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would say the, the same thing. In, uh, in my county, uh, I'm mostly working with, with older ag teachers that have 10 or 15 years or more experience. And... All of them have taken on kind of a mentor role with me, and I've been really grateful for that. That's been uh, that's been a major blessing for sure, uh, being able to work with with uh, those guys and gal that uh, have been they've been mentors to me in these first three years, and 
in the school, it's been a mixture. Uh, it's been a mixture of hazing slash mentoring, just depending on who you talk to. Uh, that's been my experience. Yeah. I remember when I started teaching, it was like my first day, and I was like cleaning up my office and stuff. School hadn't started yet. And the custodian was walking through, and he was like ancient. Like, I think he was like Mike Mulligan in the steam shovel. Like, he was put in with the school, and it's just like <laughs> lived there ever since. And he was like having his trash can, which I'm pretty sure he used as a walker, like, because it was always yeah. in front of him, you know, like shuffling through. And he said, and I don't think this was just my age, but I think my age was certainly a part of it. He said, So you're the new ag teacher, huh? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. And he said, You reckon we're going to need to teach you something about ag? And I was like, Oh. Sure, and I thought, okay, there's like there's a way to handle this, right? Because I want to work here for a good while longer. How do you handle this in a way that like helps bridge that as opposed to like, you know, listen here, old man, I can get that trash can away from you and knock you down, right? Like, how, do you, how do you make sure that you're going about? And and we were able to. I said, if whatever you have to teach me, I'm happy to learn, right? And so then we were able to kind of shift that. Um, but there is some kind of like a little bit of, of Hazing, there's you got to build up some credibility with some teachers, but I'm thrilled to hear that that was not your case with ag teachers. Well, a lot of it has to do with culture, I think. You know, what is the culture in there? And there, there's been kind of a shift in there, because even talking to people who became, were new teachers before I were, and and, I, and this was in Illinois, there was some more of that hazing aspect to it. It was kind of like a fraternity. I mean, there was aspects of things that they were doing that sounded like a fraternity hazing that you would see on the news kind of a thing, the bad side of things. Yeah. Um, but that culture starts to shift, and I think we're seeing some more of that shifting happen at, at the local school. And hopefully you guys have stories, I mean, I've shared on here before, there, there was an industrial arts teacher and the business teacher at the school I taught in, if it wasn't for them, I would have been done after probably a year. They're the ones that kind of took me along and showed me what I was doing with a couple of other ag teachers to do that. And so I think that's, that's pretty important to find that right person to kind of help so you know, this could be a lonely job. You're using a lot of times you're the only ag teacher in a school, especially if that's the case, and you're still a teacher, but you're a little different than the rest of them. And so, how do you make all that kind of work, stuff work? You know, it's funny that you say that because I started a new school last year, and I am the only teacher in the middle of the math department. So everybody around me is math teachers, and I don't feel like I'm at that new teacher level anymore. Like I'm more on the starting your 10, get, getting in the hang of everything, but it does have that, I don't really have that person that I mm -hmm. talk to because CTE is forever away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of get what you're saying there yeah. with the whole so how many of you guys have participated in like a formal mentoring program? Um, either either being the person being mentored or serving as a mentor for another another person. Anything on, on an official program, either through the school or the or the state or whatever else. I, I went through like the Praxis Three when that was a thing and had a mentor, mm -hmm. and I actually had to change mentors in the middle of the year because the one I had had gotten married and moved away. Mm -hmm. Um, and my new mentor, we had not developed kind of that bond, and we got along great until she observed me teach, and that, and things were just a little tense after that. So I, I talked to some of my friends that I trusted and said, why, why would she be treating me different after I taught? And, and she, I said, she said I did fine. And they said, well, explain what happened, you know, and I told her about 
look, showing them the ag building, showing her the scrapbook, doing this and that, and they said, well, we know this person a little better than you, and I, we can probably bet money that she's, she's jealous. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want you to have a better program than you have. So I, on the front end, I had a great mentoring experience, but I feel like teaching sometimes can be so competitive, especially when we have extracurriculars that we don't want someone to outshine us or make us look like we aren't trying just as hard, you know, that it, it pits us against each other, yeah. you know, so that's difficult. Now, the long story of that, because I worked with her for a long time, um, I, I kind of learned how to schmooze her a little bit you know and we we had a really great working relationship over time right. but coming in she just saw me as a new young teacher with new ideas and new energy and we you know her. yeah and no family right. you know there is a different kind of teaching when you're not married and don't have kids yeah and especially as a female I'm sorry but it's just the way it is and um, yeah you get kind of like oh gosh is she gonna do more than me is she gonna make me look like I'm not trying, yeah. you know. So some of what you're talking about, um, I had a student, we did some work um, over what's called critical friendships, and it's exactly what you're talking about, and it's something that Billy knows, he was part of the, the study that we did. Um, it's something that can't be forced, but age is a part of it, because um, there are people who can, who can bridge that gap and have critical friendships where you're able to um, not necessarily critique outwardly, but to say, tell me what happened, let me give you some, some let me show mm -hmm. you what I'm seeing, and you yes. let, let that fuel your further thought, right? Yes. As opposed to like an official mentor program, it's more a critical friendship where things mm -hmm. are equal, but oftentimes age becomes a part of that because you get this whole notion of like, young whippersnapper, I can't do what they can do, and I might, ha I might feel some competition. Yes, yeah. and just have the, the passion, you know, the passion kind of fades for some and it doesn't for others, you yeah. know, so, but all of us coming in, we're ready to take on the world. We're going to change <laughs> yeah. every life, you know, and that, that rainbow, you know, yeah. outlook Sunshine is, lollipop. yes, uh, and that's, I envy that after being in for 13 years, you know, I want some of that back. I've become a little jaded, you know, so I think that plays a part, but I do agree that as a faculty, it, it's kind of political. I feel like I've been on two different faculties and I knew especially that on my newest one that I joined um, th three years ago to take a look at the faculty and go okay who can we um, benefit we can work together as a team I, I have moved past the idea of do I like them as a person yeah you know you you mature and you just they can drive you nuts they can be irritating as all get out but if you work together as a team that's what's going to be best for your classroom. That's what's going to be best for your students. You're basically describing owl pellets. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I'm sure I am. But he, really, we can't know. stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just have to get along to get along, right? Yeah. But it's it's hard to teach young teachers that, though. That it's it's okay that they offended you. You need to move past it. And Sometimes you need to it's hard to separate the emotion from the logic. Yes. yes. Okay. So yes. you see that, Wayne, and younger teachers as well? Oh, I've witnessed all kinds of things. Uh, a year ago, I witnessed some brand new teachers. It was before school started. We were out under the uh, bleachers on the football field, and they were talking about this and that. And I said, 
yeah, that might work. You know, I was telling myself. But then they got to bringing in stuff. I said, mm-hmm, let's see about eight weeks from now. And you know yeah. what you think. And, and now a whole year has passed, and at least of those four, three have already, they've, they've moved on. Yeah. They're, not, they're not teaching. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's so hard to be objective and give them advice without them taking it like, yes, they, they shoot yeah. down all my ideas. Well, Some of us old guys, we need to learn how to keep our mouth shut and let them. I, I know trial by fire. Write that down, right? Yeah, write it down. I mean, <laughs> the, I know that they're going to have to experience things to get real life experiences. Yeah. They're going to have to have a hard road to hold before they learn it themselves whereas no codger like me come in say hey you need to do it this way because i know it works mm -hmm. you know first thing they do is throw up a barrier not look, mm -hmm. close their ears not so i i've learned i hope i've learned to mm -hmm. be diplomatic sure. in way i think so one of one of the things that about this about this bridging the, the generation gap is that the research is very clear on the number one most successful thing to do to help a new teacher feel comfortable and be, retain and do a good job is a positive mentorship relationship. Absolutely. Whether or not, I mean, and, and the other thing they find is most of the time it's a non-formal mentorship type yeah. of program. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've been part of a couple of them where you're a formal mentor, I, you know, you're now this person's mentor. Well, that was great. It, just it is. Feel you know, it's very awkward. You're going because there's no relationship built, but you're, you're sharing some things, and then you don't just you don't have the interaction as much. But it's through the positive interactions you have with some informal mentors and finding those those right people to do that, to kind of have that understanding and to find the right people who who are good mentors. And, and a lot of times, the ones that are the best mentors will not wouldn't even, would not identify themselves as that. They're trying to have that because you're like it's like. How do you bring in these folks, keep their good eyes, good ideas going, keep them excited about it, rather than say, well, we tried that five years ago and it's not gonna work ever, ever again. Yeah. It's, but it's about, okay, you've got 10 great ideas here. The challenge is gonna be not the, not the ideas, but probably shouldn't try to do all 10 of these at the same time. Yes. Let's, let's pick an idea <laughs> and try that one and then learn from that one, and then try the next idea, yeah. what's gonna end up going. But y'all are right, there is this notion of like, if you try to help some, they will, as you were saying, Wayne, put up this barrier and like, I don't need your help, right? I just came out of program XYZ, I'm stamped official, and, and I am gonna be amazing at this because I've been amazing my whole life so far. Right? As an older teacher, I try to listen to them because I might find a piece of what they're talking about that will work good for me. Yes. I try to keep an open mind. And uh, I think that's a great way, so. Brandy, you were saying that notion of like, I want to get some of that excitement back. And I've yes. seen teachers that have interns, They some of them are like, my job is to impart my wisdom onto you, and it ends up being okay. But the ones that are like, that is how I get my excitement is from the this young. new teacher coming in and, and yeah, there's a feeding there, I think. And, and the most positive experience that I've seen with that co-op intern kind of a thing is, is when you're sitting at the table talking with them and the co-op teacher says, I saw the intern doing this, I loved it, so I got the stuff because I plan to do it again. Mm -hmm. And that builds that confidence of that intern to go out and say, look at this, I had a, I had a decent idea. I, I taught this, mm -hmm. this person who's a, who is, the person I've come to learn to be an ag teacher from, yeah. 
Yeah. I've actually shown something to them, a good idea. And then that kind of helps them be more open to learning and the tips and those sort of things. But something you were saying there earlier, I, I think it's important that the, the, the balance here is how do we encourage people to be their own teacher? As I shared with you guys yesterday, my high school ag teacher was my dad's high school ag teacher. So he, he'd been there a day or two. Um, and extremely successful, one of the, probably one of the most successful ag teachers in the state of Illinois. I became an ag teacher and I tried to be Not Chief sure. Ferguson. I, try, I got his way that he did things. I did some of his stuff. I failed miserably. I hated it. The kids hated it. It didn't work. But I, was able, but I was able to take these ideas and twist them there. After, this industrial arts kind of helped me figure this kind of stuff out. And so what you're getting at here is how do, how do veteran teachers share the advice without saying, this is how you have to do it. But here's what I did. Pull the nugget that works for you and go go try it and then tinker with it because yeah. I've never done anything right the first time. Usually you got to do something to you you tinker oh, with it a little bit. I've had failures yeah. before. And I'll just throw up my hands and say, I quit. Wait, let me get organized. Let's do it again. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody will at some point. Oh, yes. You, you fall on your face about half the time when you try something new. But uh, I have weird mix on the pacing, not pacing, right. mentoring, all that nonsense. Because I had a mentor when I taught seventh grade science because I was, I was a different school at the uh, high school now. Um, I had a mentor that was on my week kind of did teams where all the students had the same core group of teachers and so my mentor was actually on my team and so that worked well for me and not well for some of the other new teachers because their mentor was kind of either jaded or passive or whatever you want to describe and didn't want to help and mine was still super actively involved. And so he would help with parent phone calls because that concept is terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a good option to talk about if we had a problem with a specific student. I could see if that was just me or if he also had the same problem or if it was a different issue. Um, and the science department was an entirely new science department. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, we came in and they, the, when the year I came in, three of the five science teachers were first year teachers. For various reasons, one guy I think left or went to Korea or whatever nonsense. But mm -hmm. um, and so we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. Like we, the two people that were teaching seventh grade science had never taught before. That's okay. I said I'm, this is my twenty first year and I still have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> as very well evidenced. <laughs> and that's kind of in the line of what you're talking about—the critical friendships. Yeah. The seventh grade teacher that I, I taught with—I'm in a different school now and I'm still talk to her nearly every day or almost every week yeah. because a guy would not be teaching yeah. if we didn't pair up and do every lesson plan together because we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. Right. And so you needed both of us for one of us to sit there and go, I like this idea, and the other one just going, no, that's a problem with 12-year-olds. No. Yeah, right. Yeah, you need somebody to bounce stuff off. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious. We've got, um, you know, kind of the two different mixes here, and we've heard a little about, like, well, here's here's what, when I'm working with younger teachers or when I'm working with older teachers, here's what I, I see or perceive are the barriers. So, we have an opportunity here to hear from both sides. So, I'm curious, more experienced teachers, less experienced teachers, when you're first engaging with the other, if you had the opportunity to go to all the more experienced teachers and say, okay, when you're working with me or us young folk, Here's something that we would like you to do or not do. Same thing, the older generations, when you're working, when, when the young bucks are coming in, 
here's something we'd like you to do or not do because this is what hurts our relationship when we're able to be built. So, go. One thing that, that I really enjoyed whenever I started teaching in the county that I'm in is that uh, the teachers that I, the other ag teachers in the county, they, uh, like I said earlier, they were very, very helpful. And the way that they approached me and the way that I approached them, I would ask questions and they would present their information not as not as dogma that you have to you have to do exactly what I did, but here's another tool for your toolbox. See how this works. Try this out. And they would phrase their advice as uh, just another thing for you to try. And if it works for you, that's great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't, and that's fine. And that was probably one of the most helpful things for me whenever I started teaching was uh, here's just another thing you can add and try out and just see what happens. So it was their approach and approaching you how instead of trying to run it down your throat exactly it's it, the it wasn't, presentation yeah it wasn't it wasn't here's how you have to do it so or else you're doing it wrong it was here's a way that you can try it out and i've gotten that more from ag teachers than okay. from content ag teachers i've never gotten just a straight up this is how you do it because this is the best way to do it and then like step by step of this is what you need to do versus again content area like core content like science uh, i get a this is what we've done every year because of x number of reasons and this is how you're going to do it yep. yeah. i don't get that with ag with ag i get a much more of a look this worked for me but i've seen it fail Go you know in <laughs> the diversity in when i started was so different than it is now because if you were here 10 years ago versus the last three we get that content area, hands-on instruction. We get the truth of, hey, I tried this in class and it didn't work, mm -hmm. but here's the strategies to help it. So if you were here when I started, if Brandy wouldn't have taken me under her wing, because I mean, I had a mentor that was our facilities director and hadn't taught in 20 years when I first started teaching. That was a great choice. But this <laughs> one, I mean, she kind of took me under her wing and we sat down and we would sit up at the Justice Center at night and work on lesson plans and feed off of each other. And she would straight up tell me if an idea I had was stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> you need those people, right? You need those people. And so in now, love, in love. Yes. And so I feel like with our professional organization and how we are as teachers, I don't feel like I made a name for myself until maybe three years ago. And that's when people started knowing, oh, hey, she is an ag teacher and she is gonna stick around. And so now that I'm reaching year 10, it's like we need better connections with our with our professional organizations to me. Yeah. We need the brandies of the world to take on the me's, the me. <laughs> Yeah. But and you, to help guide me. But you look at what that has, what us doing that caused. Because now Crystal does workshops every every in service, several of them, and she does a fantastic job. And she's the the one that the young ones can go to as well, and they relate to her. You know, so that chain reaction of making that making that change has been wonderful. And it's not just me to to credit it with either. In our little Kind of circle of friends is Mr. Bacchus. Well, Mr. Bacchus was teachers with us, and we would sit around and go, well, I want to train a dairy foods, but I don't know how to start, and these guys don't really want to help because they don't want us to be, right. you know, how do we change that? And that's when Mr. Bacchus was like, you know, we have so much knowledge amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to teach each other. We respect each other. Instead of bringing someone else in that we, 
that doesn't really understand either our state or our kids or our content, you know, and I, I'm not saying that y'all don't. This is totally different no, than no, what no, we're talking I, about. I, I want you know to understand I mean? it. I'm laughing because you're sitting right next to someone that came here from the University of Florida. I'm like, <laughs> she's totally just grabbing that. I'm totally. <laughs> I'm just all in my brain. It's different than having five days of someone else in every workshop yeah. saying you need to do X, Y, and here's Z. The, here's the little red wagon I can sell you. See you later. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it just kind of changed the tone to where when he became uh, kind of in charge, you know, that, that he knew that our generation, that's where we wanted to go. Right. And it's been really productive. This is productive. You know, just getting these well, ideas out there. Every time we've had a district meeting or anything like that where some consultant comes in from a different state and explains how to connect to our kids, I just doodle mm -hmm. for like the hour long thing that they're talking through because they don't know anything about the community that they're they in. They don't know anything okay. about our culture no. here. Yes. And so they're our gonna come through and explain yes. how we need to talk to our kids to get them to pay attention like that may work with some of them but i can guarantee you i can think of 20 names off the top of my head that you will fail miserably with and sometimes they have good nuggets of information or right. good strategies i'll give give that a hundred percent but when that's all you get the whole time that's difficult yeah. and it's just like if our older generation telling the younger generation this is how you need to do it and they'll turn in their ears off we do that to people that we don't feel like understand our ag programs mm -hmm. and you get so much hostility you used to when someone would throw out an idea that, and one guy would be like well you don't understand I don't even teach shop I just have ag science and da 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 and this is useless to me and then all of these little pop-up arguments and yeah. what, what happened it was it was I witnessed one where a guy got up and he was like this stuff that you're giving me is useless and took the worksheet that they had given and just ripped it right. him, and I was like there was like an audible gasp. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think as we kind of wrap up this really great conversation, I, I think it's important for us to think about what what is the purpose? How do we how do we bridge this gap? And the, and the number one thing that it, with, with talking with people is both people people on both sides of the thing say, I want to have the conversation, but I'm afraid to do it. I'm I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think of the folks. I, mean, I was I was sitting right now on a list of all the people that helped me out when I was first starting teaching. You know, and, and I got down, I got a list of, down to seven already, and I got more than I could have. These were, these were veteran teachers that for some unknown reason, I was just young and dumb enough, doo -doo -doo -doo, and I'm just sort of hanging out with them. And, and yes. actually, for one thing in my life, I kept my mouth shut and just listened and got part of the conversation and That's learned from them, learned from them rather than this formal kind of stuff, you know, and. You know, yes. and I'm not saying that, but then, but then be part of it and and just and to speak up there and be, and be part of that group. And then, I can still remember the first time I was talking about an idea, and Bill and John and CR, these teachers were like, "Oh, that's a pretty good idea, Brian. We should try that." And so I had this group of veteran teachers I kind of connected with, but I also had this group of teachers that I started teaching in Illinois with at the same time. And we could kind of commiserate with and whatever else and, and call each other and say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go dig ditches for the rest of my life <laughs> to the days, hey, this was just a phenomenal thing. That idea I stole from you worked great, um, but I did it even better, you know, and, and those sort of things. And I think it's about how do we do this and to remember that teaching is a team sport. 
we think it's very, very individualistic. We think we go behind our classroom door and it's all about us. But it is a, it better be a team sport and you better wear a helmet because it is full contact. Mm-hmm. And, and to figure out what's going on. And, and we need to get beyond this, this training thing. One of the veteran teachers in Florida, um, he's passed away now, was Robert Philpot. And I remember one of his big things, he was standing, he was a big guy big guy really physically imposing but one of those things and there were teachers new teachers that were scared to death to go talk to him he was a big teddy bear i remember dragging teachers to go say talk to him about this and they're like he's a really nice guy he gave me all this stuff and his theory on training cde teams he was very successful in, in the classroom and in cd is i'm going to help you i'm going to give you absolutely everything i have so that your team gets better which is going to make me be better to do that sort of thing and that for a 35-year ag teacher, it's a pretty big mindset for us to be thinking about. Is like when I'm helping you because it's about your kids now are going to get better at it. They're going to have success, which means I need to continue to get better. And I can't sit here and write on my laurels by hiding information instead of getting instead of getting better myself. And I know that's tough. That's a, that's a hard mindset to have. But I think your recipes to where they're going to live somewhere else right. without you. It's tough to do. But I, and I think that's something folks that are in that 10, 12, 15 year range is you're, we're making that because I'm, I'm still, I'm, I can still remember sitting at, in my current job. I've been doing this for about seven, eight, nine years. And one of the, the big stalwarts of our profession looked over at me. We were talking about the new people at the university profession. Jim Flowers, who's at North Carolina State, looked at me and goes, Brian, you're not one of the new guys anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> yes, I am. But, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but so, you know, how do you make that transition and, and be there? And how do, as you, as you do that, be intentional about finding those new teachers to make those relationships, inviting them to not necessarily be part of an official thing, but, hey, we're going to go have lunch. Or we're going to go grab ice cream. or We're going to sit around and we got craft night last night or wh- whatever we're going to go do or sit at our, you know, it goes back to the middle school lunchroom. Come sit at our table at lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff. And be intentional. And that's why agriculture does it better than any other subject because we watch these kids grow up and become ag teachers and we know what chapter they came from we know if they were a state officer we know each other before we become teachers most of the time right and it helps us go to each other because I remember as a young teacher thinking I can't ask for help because they think I'm supposed to know all this and I don't know it all and that's not true we we remember being there and going there's just so so much to learn you can't do it all. I almost had the opposite of that, and Dr. Shoulders knows this, like I have zero background in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, my high school had no FFA, no ag, no nothing, and so when I got to college, it was I was going for pre-vet originally and just kind of fell into ag ed because I liked the people. Mm-hmm. I don't have that reservation. Yeah. Because yeah. I know none of this, and so I actually got really lucky, and I agree with you that Ag teachers are better at this than any other group of teachers I've ever met because I came to in-service last year and within the first day I had two different folders shared with me on Google Drive and one of them was like 12 weeks worth of animal science lessons and a bunch of different stuff for ag business yeah. all of the stuff because I just went in going I don't know what I'm doing anyone want to help yeah and see that's the thing and as older generation that's what we love for young teachers to do is to go hey I need I need help and not let their ego get in the way. That if they anybody can ask me for help, and I will go to the ends of the earth, earth for them. You know. As an older teacher, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. When you quit learning, mm-hmm. you might as well get out. Yep. So true. And talk about sharing. Uh, the other night, I 
I'm, I'm sharing the grants that I wrote and got funded with other people because that way maybe their kids could benefit from what little bit mm -hmm. I've done. Yes, so, the so, the how to write a grant? Yeah. Well, I'm still learning. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping the more longer I teach, the better I get. Sure. <laughs> So. Well, I, th I think that's part of it, and I think to me the take-home message here is younger teachers realize that the veteran teachers are human, and go talk to them. They will not eat you, you know, to do that. Veteran teachers know that the new teachers sometimes are scared of you, and to reach out and to show them that you are not, you know, that you are a real person and not some vampire that lives in the ag building and comes out only during the school the school day or FFA days to do that. Um, Every, almost every year that I'm given the chance as, our, as we send our interns out to go play with live ammo there and their student teaching, I tell them, I, 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 I try to avoid the use of the words always and never when I talk about anything because especially when you're dealing with kids, all, you know, this will always work with the kids. No, it's not. I give you the list of ones to do it. Mm -hmm. I said the only time I use it is that I will guarantee you that sometime during your student teaching you will make a mistake and you will fail miserably. And the same thing will happen your first year and your second year, Possibly and your third year, you know, and to do that. And, and it's about how do, we, how do we give people the opportunity to fail and to learn from it. And I think that's the big thing veteran teachers can talk about. You can say, I tried this, it sounded really good, man, it blew up. But then I did it again fourth period and it worked with those kids. And so I don't know why my second period kids and my fourth period kids, they're the same thing, you know, and to talk to them about how do you how do, you do that. So again, I go back. Regardless of the subject, regardless of the state, regardless of where it is, the number one factor to help new teachers be successful is a quality mentorship where these critical friendships are part of that thing as well. And so I think that's our job for those around this table and those that are listening. If you're a new teacher, go talk to them. If you're the veteran teacher, open it up and be part of that. So y'all, thank you so much. This has been a tremendous conversation. I'm excited. Um, I'm that guy that's leaving in a day, so I don't care, right? You know, I'm, 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 I'm flying in. Go on back to Florida. You'll, ne you'll never see me again. It's awesome. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. All good. You changed her life. Yeah. Life. Yes. I like her. All right. No, so this is this has been fantastic. Um, get out there, and our, and our job as teachers is not just teaching the students, but it's teaching each other. No matter how, whether it's day one or or year fifty, um, to do that. And so I think that's great. Y'all, this has been a great conversation again, and so um, appreciate y'all spending time with us today here in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas, at the Arkansas Ag Teachers Conference. So for the absent Marshall, this is Kate and Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you all very much for what you do every day, not only for your own students, but for those new teachers out there being that mentor, being that model for them, and engaging in that conversations. Thanks. Have a great day. The University of Florida's Department of Agricultural Education and Communication offers graduate certificates to expand your professional experience in agriculture and natural resources. Our certificates are designed for both non-degree seeking students and those pursuing advanced degrees anywhere in the world. If you are interested in refining your teaching or leadership skills to make a greater impact on the world, our certificate programs are a great place to start. AEC is proud to empower agriculturalists who will become the next educators, the next communicators, and the next leaders for the Gator Good. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. 
Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.